0: Within our formation as disciples, we often err towards particular ways of growing in our relationship with God. So the aim of this five-episode podcast series has been to embrace the contrasts within our faith, the two sides of the same coin, so that we might find ourselves growing more into the image bearers that we were called to be. Well, hi again, this is Heads and Tails, I'm your host Dan, and in this episode, we are back to how it all started. Vic is back from Cambodia, Calvin's back from Australia, and I am back from Christchurch. It's nice to have the oh, family yeah, back that. together again. Good
1: to be here, man, and not to be the host again. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you did very well. Uh, you, could, you could fill in any time. Thank Reamer you. Reema is calling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, they're going to call you, so I oh, appreciate that. Okay. Uh, the uh, tension that we're in for this week, the last one of the series, is probably the one that I've been looking forward to the most, God longing for a person. Personal and intimate relationship with each of us individually, and yet we find a whole lot of our spiritual growth happens and comes from community or, or in a corporate context. Before we jump into it though, if you've missed any of the conversation series or you want an easy way to share this whole series with a friend, they're going to be online forever, head to svc.org.nz forward slash heads and tails, uh, and you can continue the podcast series again after this or go back and revisit again in years to come. So let's start with you, because I think like some of the other conversations that we've had, we've started with this thought of, well, in culture or the people that we are, we tend to err one side or the other. In fact, we, you know, we say it in the intro every week, but you messaged me before we started recording and I was already thinking this as we kind of headed into this week, that this tension, the personal and the, the communal God is perhaps most obviously or more obvious than the other ones, a 100% both and? Do you kind of want to reflect on that.
2: Yeah, well, of course, I got to talk on personal, so I'm, I'm I'm an advocate for it because I've spent the week or spent the lead up to it, you know, immersed in that. But I'm sitting there listening to you, Cal. great message, by the way, on Sunday night and and thinking, yeah, it really is important what we do communally. And of course, in the morning, I've said, it's so important what we do uh, individually. Um, and so so for this one, as in all the others, but, but as you say, a little more so, it's like, oh, it's so important that we have this personal relationship. We go, we can't just uh, allow it to be the domain of our family, our church, our home group, uh, you know, sort of the world or whatever. Um, we have to encounter God ourselves, but oh yes, we've got to do that together. We've got to find people. We've got to walk the walk. We've got to um, stretch with each other and 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 draw close and go through tough times and good times and be there for people. And I think, yeah, a hundred percent and a hundred percent. It's just wonderful.
1: Yeah, I think it's um it's a really incredible way I think to champion what the series has been trying to do uh, to land in this particular spot. Uh one of the questions that that I get asked of sometimes when people visit our church for the first time is why do we have an equal armed cross? And uh aside from it being just, you know, a a totally valid historical Christian symbol, um the the equal armed cross stands for the vertical relationship with God and the horizontal relationship for people um, when Jesus is asked what is the most important commandments love the Lord your God with all your heart love your neighbor as yourself and that and is so critical as like a, it's a hinge point it's the same as these things one of the things without talking about the other thing um, so this uh, I, I wholly agree with Vic is that um, both of these things are incredibly valid and, and we we have to champion them and we have to be about them um, and it's in the midst of them that we that we are formed more fully into the thing that God is inviting us towards.
2: So Calv, I don't know if you remember, could quote it exactly, but that quote that talks about um, people, uh, people who do it alone don't progress do, do you remember that off by hand it doesn't matter people can listen to it on the sermon but that just that sense of when you try and walk this faith alone you're just you're never going to it's never going to take place it's, you're never going to make it through all of the ups and downs have you got it there yeah, yeah it's yeah. just
1: um, you know uh, uh, people who stay grow, people who leave do not grow. It is a simple but profound biblical reality that we both grow and thrive together or we do not grow much at all.
2: Exactly. So. If you stay, you grow. If you don't stay, you don't grow. How I mean, how challenging is that? So yeah, an, an amazing, amazing idea to wrestle with, I think.
0: Do you look at... Uh, culture and community and i'm thinking of you know we seem to be more independent we seem to be more isolated somehow and yet we are in the most connected time of our lives with social media and all of that kind of thing do you think the idea less than important than it used to be or more than more important than it than it used to be especially within the you know the the branch of you know of faith do you think it's more or less
2: I think it's so easy to try and do it alone or just assume that we're alone. We're more connected, yet more lonely, arguably, you know, maybe than ever we've been. Um, I think it's easier. There are more more other, there are more options. So you don't have to do community because you've got a whole lot of other things and options that you could do. But I think the, the beauty of Sunday and talking about personal and talking about communal is a, just a reminder, really, that, that we are better with each other. There is no doubt that we're better with each other. and We, we get a lot of choice, you know, who we choose to do this Christian journey with, you know, we where we go to church, how we get our input, all of that, and um, no, no issue with what people might decide. But how important is it that we do find that? And it'll never be perfect, but it'll always be important.
1: Yeah, and I think that even though we're talking about the importance of these two things sort of hinging on one another or, or, or maybe even being the exact same thing, I think it's important to recognize that the reality uh, in the church or culturally is actually not that, that people very much uh, almost swing like a pendulum to one or the other. So it's common in in the In the Christian, you know, church to to actually try and swing away from what's going on around, so that the relationships elevated, that it becomes so much more about how things look with God, and that the relationship or even connecting with the wider community uh, becomes less important. Um, Or you have people who become so about sort of the social justice or about doing community, and actually that sort of vertical, uh, the relationship, the personal, uh, the personal relationship with God, actually begins to become. Less important, and so I think that you know, culturally, in these sort of big ar- uh, discussions and arguments about what is truth and what does it mean to live your truth and all this sort of thing, actually, people are becoming more okay with sitting inside their own definitions, their own little pockets. Um, and I think the beauty of what Jesus teaches us and what the uh, and what the whole story invites us towards is, is to come back to this kind of tension of to be able to hold these things. Um, you know, gently, uh, but to hold them powerfully and to explore them and to you know wrestle with them and all that sort of stuff. But to but to not let the pendulum swing so far in either direction, which is actually the tendency for most people to do. I think
2: maybe um, we need to be wise enough, mature enough, to be able to sit alongside, worship alongside uh, people who maybe see things slightly differently than us, and and maybe we've been threatened by that um, in the past. But maybe this series, just in a little way, would push us forward to say, hey. Dan each other we're still on this journey together I could learn something maybe you could learn something from me
0: and it's funny because as you say that I was thinking this as I was driving in today was this whole thing if you go back to the early church that was what was most compelling about it you had this group of people who really had no business being together they had nothing in common except that they had this personal relationship with the saviour or the claimed to have you know known someone who died was buried and then was back uh, and that somehow that meant that it was alright there is no longer Jew or Gentile slave or free man or woman it is we are all one together and so this idea of of, well it starts with a personal relationship maybe but that leads me to a community that maybe I didn't know I had yeah
2: boy what a what a powerful point
1: yeah I think um, the strength of the church is unity and diversity and and recognizing that we all come from different places and different perspectives and there have been different things that have shaped our view or our encounters or our experiences of God and that actually every time we enter into a conversation around, what a relationship with God looks like, or what discipleship should look like, or who's right, or who's wrong, or who's in, or who's out—all those sorts of things. Um, those conversations require uh, a certain grace uh, to be upon them, um, and 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 for for relationship with God to thrive um, personally and in the midst of community uh, means allowing people to to be themselves and to express themselves authentically, and to actually be willing to journey with someone who who holds a different posture to you, um, and to love them wholeheartedly through that journey.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a, a lot in there so far. So if you are listening to this in a small group context, now might be a great time to hit pause, have a chat about what you've heard so far and uh, we'll come back in three seconds. Otherwise we'll just sit here in awkward silence. Two, one. All right. Welcome back. Whether you paused us or not, apologies for the interruption. Something that um, you said Calvin, that I just loved. Community plays a vital role in our transformation. There is a gap between the idea of community and the messy reality of community. And here's the bit that I love. Discipleship is what happens in the space in between. Expand on that. Well, I mean, I have to
1: credit John Mark Dyer <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah. Did you say that, Calvin? Yeah, yeah I did I, did. I did. <laughs> I didn't see the uh, the
0: attribution uh, when I when I was copying and pasting <laughs> that one from the notes. Good quote, though. Yeah, yeah it was a
1: good quote. And to be fair, I did make my own diagram out of that as well. <laughs> um, but I think that there is. I think it comes back to this whole authentic thing of recognizing that that community. There is this faith thing that we do, um, the personal, intimate relationship with Christ is messy it's hard um sometimes and we spoke about this at length last week even Stanley talking about his and Rachel's different experiences of their lo- you know with their loss of summer um you know one of them feeling quite close to god the other one feeling very distant um the personal relationship with with christ is messy um, and doing life with people is messy uh you know i sort of spoke very briefly on sunday about you know in 10 years of ministry i have i have um, walked with friends towards their wedding days and seen them have babies. And I've walked with friends as they've gone through divorces. I was like, I'm 31. <laughs> like, these are crazy things to have to be going through. But, and that's just the reality of what, what life is like uh, in community. Um, and so to be fully present to that, to let people journey those things, to invite people. Uh, you know, uh, invite people into the middle of those processes. Um, that is where real discipleship happens. It's the putting up a hand of going. Things aren't okay for me right now. Um, I, I don't know where Jesus is in the mix of this. It's in those sorts of conversations that real discipleship can take place. Um, and so that's the kind of thing that I'm that we're talking about, or we, what John Mark's talking about uh, when it comes to that.
2: I wonder whether we get trapped too by something of our assumption that you know, in, in loves us, and all of that is true. It- the assumption that that is meant to have an easy life. So we fall over when life hits the skids, something something, you know, unexpected happens or something um, dreadful happens, or even we just have a bad day. And so both on a personal basis, we have to grow in our relationship with God, a, a type of relationship that's going to survive those things, it's going to walk through those things, maybe, maybe for weeks, months, years who knows um, and similarly like i saying in the mess or the messiness or not mess but messiness of community we walk through those things hey my church isn't going well hey my you know my friends aren't living a christian life the way i think they should live you know this has thrown me completely it's in those times that we really are formed and fashioned and, and if we will give ourselves the chance to look back in ten years or look back in one year, we will discover we've been fashioned and formed in that more than we were formed in the times that everything was playing sailing.
1: And I'm often incredibly surprised that that where God is and all of that is often not the place you think He's going to be. So it's um you know sometimes it's in the hardest things or the weirdest things that you feel the the sort of presence of God so tangibly, and it's like the intimacy is 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 um. I don't know, like more so or something. And to look so, you know, for
2: the to pick on that to look for the invitation of God, perhaps in a slightly different way. You know, he's he's disappeared in the way that I expected him to be, but he's there. It's not like he's disappeared and he's gone. He's disappeared. You can't find him where you were, but he's there. So to for, to look for him, which is probably going back a week, but but important yeah. nevertheless.
1: Blurring
2: into each other.
0: (laughs) But, you know, picking off on that thing of invitation, you can't beat a personal invite. And I think that is what I found so compelling when I first became a Christian was actually it's little old me. Like, really? If he had to do it all over again, Jesus would do what he did. God would do what he did for just me. And so talk talk about this idea of, of the audience of one that you brought up uh, on Sunday, that, yes, we worship and we serve the audience of one, but actually God looks at us as individual, as knowing the number of hairs in our head.
2: Yeah, his audience of one. So, so in the vineyard we sometimes talk, because worship's such a high priority, we talk about we worship as to an audience of one, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, God, however you want to describe. Um, the little revelation, and maybe a bigger revelation to me, was – and and as we worship, or as we live out our lives, or whatever, we are like uh, an audience of one to to God. God God loves us that much, you know. He does know our names. He does know the hairs on our heads. He, he, he does know our needs and our wants and our our desires. So it's not like God so loved the world, you know, eight billion people. So so loved New Zealand. God so loved Shore Vineyard Church, but He loved Calvin Calverwell and Dan Goodwin and Vic Francis, and and it's that personal, and and that is. That is it takes your breath away if you think about it, even for me after so many years as a Christian.
0: Uh as we begin to, to wrap up and we're gonna do a, a bit of more of a conversation about the series as a whole, um but wrapping up this week, Vic, speak to the person who says God's got way bigger fish to fry than just me I,
2: I, to me one of the things I've thought a lot about recently is our image of God our image of God is, is critical because when we're in a tough time what is God like when we're in a good time what is God like um, so I think that is an image of God thing I think if we know that God is for us we know that God is nice and he likes us um, we know that God is personally and intimately interested in who and what we are and how we're tracking that is the process then when we can relate. Into that, that's the beginning of I don't know freedom, if that's the right word, or 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 flourishing. You know, would be a word maybe I'd like to use of our relationship with God. He 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 doesn't have any bigger fish to fry than you. You know, he loves you.
1: Yeah, and I think actually with that as well, a a helpful question is that is is to ask someone what what they actually believe about themselves, because it's not so much you know it's it's not just that they think they're not worthy of God's time, but they actually begin to think that that, that um, they themselves aren't worthy of their own time or something. It becomes how do you view yourself as well? And so that's actually a process. That's part of doing community is to get around someone and, and help them develop a a healthier view of themselves to to model to them and to show to them, hey, this is actually how Christ views you, and this is how you know you're invited to view yourself as well. That you are the beloved. That that you can enter into that feeling of being the beloved because God looks upon you with those eyes of love. And can you, you know, I think it's important that people learn to to look at themselves, to be able to look at the mirror, and to um, let that knowledge feed their sense of self-worth or, or cultivate self-worth inside of them Um, that's what to me what self-worth is, is is knowing how God perceives us how God sees us and actually for that to fuel all of our confidence and all of our you know self-esteem um, so I think it's a sometimes it's a those kinds of questions are, are fundamentally about how people are viewing themselves as well and so it's an important thing to work with people in community mm.
0: And so the you know the flip side to the well God's got bigger things to deal with than just me by myself on my own, speak to the person practically to uh, yeah to the person who says, "Me and God are great, I don't need anybody else, maybe I've been hurt by people or I've been hurt by church before. What do you say to that person?
1: Well, first of all, I would ask what a great relationship with God looks like that's missing people um because I think that 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 would be like a like actually quite a fractured experience and an ultimately lonely experience and and a, and a mode of living that you just will drift slowly away from. Um, so I really struggle with that as a as a concept. Um, and what was the second part of that question?
0: Was the the idea of, you know if I'm reading my Bible daily and if I'm praying and if I if I'm feeling connected to God. Yeah regardless of there being anybody else around that their sense of and because you know i know people like this who don't feel a need to be connected to a church community because and, and and some of it comes from well i used to be in church but because there are people there they've hurt me or i've been burned by church in the past so as long you know i'm still believing that Jesus died for me and I still have a close intimate relationship with him I don't need that community context. what what's the yeah, well, the thought of the comment to them well, I mean
1: I yeah and that's definitely what I, what I was um, thinking about was that and I spoke a little bit about this on Sunday but that actually you know Freud um, the philosopher says we fix our broken part in a relationship um, and that the and the relational wounds that we carry um, are fixed through relationship um, so it's not a it's not so much, oh, like, let me try and build a case for why you need church or, or you know, it's really important that you go and you listen to the sermon and you lift your hands and worship. And it's like, actually... Um, in order to like sort of move towards the fullness of this thing, you have to give community or the people around you permission to hurt you again so that you can learn to trust again. Like the, you, you can only experience the fullness of those things. It's like in my marriage, I, like, um, you know, I give my wife full permission to hurt me trusting that she won't like that is love like that is that is relationship and that's what happens in the midst of community that's that's what vulnerability is about it's the exposing of ourselves opening ourselves up making ourselves susceptible to being hurt by these other people and then having the actual response be but i'm only going to love you and i'm only going to journey through this with you so it's like and i think you miss out on that so those relational wounds never really get healed so they don't get the tending to that they deserve. So yes, people have been hurt by the church. I acknowledge that. The church has done some horrific things. For some people, those are deep, traumatizing wounds. Um, But you need to have some kind of community, and I think a a faith community, uh, um, uh, people that you're journeying through life with spiritually, is is critical for you to begin to bring genuine healing to those wounds.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great answer. Uh, um, just the thing that occurs to me is, I, I don't think there's anything about playing safe or guarded or trying to protect yourself. Ultimately, in Christianity, we're trying to we're trying to open ourselves to God and open ourselves to community. So, a little like you know, well, I'm frightened of having a car accident, so I won't go outside. Well, that's not living. Um, I'm I'm frightened the church will hurt me, so I'm not willing to be in community. Well, that's not living. And so we have to we have to get over that hump. And yes, we could have a car accident. And and yes, the the church may well hurt, may hurt us, but but living is uh, extending beyond that, and to take yes taking the risk, but being able to see through.
0: I like that. And again, there's a lot in there. If you are listening in a small group, you could hit pause and that could be the rest of your four and a half hour conversation right there. But (laughs) before we, before we wrap up the podcast and and the podcast series, let's, let's reflect. We started this thing five weeks ago um, with this idea of, well, let's, let's give ourselves the, the room to push so far to one side, so far to the other, and then have this midweek conversation of going, well, actually it's both and, or let's see if we can marry these two together. So. Thoughts, reflections?
1: Yeah, well, I think that uh, really what the series shows is that uh, our journey of faith is a really complex one, um, that our faith takes us into some really interesting territory, that our faith calls us towards. Um, vulnerability and transparency. It calls us towards um, radical love. Uh, it calls us towards journeying this thing with patience. Uh, it calls us towards um, being open and honest, but also uh, it calls us towards creating deeply personal and deeply intimate and deeply quiet and separated moments. Um, <clears throat> this, is, this is not this is not you know one solution fixes all. And if I could think about like a metaphor of sorts for the whole series is um you know I would liken it to 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 changing up your routine at the gym um or something like that if you're someone who's like exercise inclined or if you if you just start running it's like afterwards it's like for days on end it's like parts of your body were sore that you didn't know could be sore you know like i don't know if you've had that feeling but it's like don't look at me as you say that (laughs) anybody who listens to this and knows me at all is
0: rolling their eyes well let me try and describe it for you it's like oh my goodness there's
1: these things it feels like there's some things above my shoulders that are like you know it's this pain like it's this pain that sort of goes through and then but if you keep doing the same thing in the gym over and over and over again, even if you're upping the weight, actually your body recovers so much quicker and so um, it's actually important to to change things up, to shift and so to kind of be aware of what's happening with ourselves spiritually, well now I'm just sort of falling into the same rhythms, uh, uh, rhythms, I'm relying on the same things and that actually I need to be stretched, I need to move some stuff that's actually going to leave a little bit of a burn, that I'm going to feel the weight off for a few days, um, I need to think about these things and it's like I would encourage every person if like from this series, I, I would hope you're thinking critically and intentionally about how your faith is being formed and how you can allow it to be stretched further.
2: Yeah, you know, just like the idea that we've brought, and you know, I've loved this series, I've loved preaching it, I've loved these podcasts, and I, I hope people who are listening um, have found it you know, ongoing, stimulating, um, whether they've been in one of our services or whether they've just been watching it online or listening to it. Um, just this whole idea that our, our faith is very big and our God is very big, and I think in a twenty twenty five minute sermon, sometimes you you you're a little you know, and then you get C. Um, but life is complicated, and God, I, I don't know that God is complicated, but God is big and mysterious and beyond what we can easily understand. I think so often we unconscious subconsciously just try and bring him down to our size somehow. So not not sinfully or, or terribly. But I hope that this series, or and certainly our aim and in, in, in preparing it is to is to push and expand and and not burst bubbles or break down walls or or create you know doubt, but but to push in terms of our our awe and expectation and understanding of God's um enormity and his connectedness with us and the way that we can uh, relate to him. you know I feel like we've done a good job, you know, I hope that we've done a good job.
0: Yeah, well. With that, that is the end of our little podcast series. So thank you so much for listening and for uh, being engaged in the conversations. It's been incredible. Again, if you've missed anything or you want to catch up again, svc.org.nz forward slash heads and tails. And uh, we'd love to see you uh, at church on Sunday, two services, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. You can find all of the details on that website, svc.org.nz. It would be great to host you for a church service one Sunday. Until then thanks Calvin thanks Vic thank it's you DJ. You, you. Thank, thank you, you just, <laughs> I'll it. what a time it's been we'll see you next time on the podcast